Hello and welcome to Genderfuck, the sexual health and well-being podcast ran by trans people and for trans people. I'm Dan Griffiths, my pronouns are he, him, and... I'm Oliver Ellis and my pronouns are he, him, and today we have a special guest. Hi, I'm Piper, my pronouns are she and her. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Um, so yeah, this week is episode four, and we'll be talking about how sex and relationship has changed over uh, like our own personal transitions. Um, when we say transition, we mean a lot of different things. Um, I find it's not really useful to like give it a strict definition, but I would say overall, it's the sort of process of like outwardly presenting who you are in a way that's more in accordance with like how you experience your gender. So this can be like coming out, a physical transition, like taking hormones or surgery or a more social transition, like changing your name and pronouns. Um, and it, it totally looks different for everybody. It's just that sort of like long process um, that we all sort of experience differently. And it kind of changes how we feel about sex and relationships, I guess. Okay, so if we just like start with the first question, we'll mm -hmm. just kind of like go along with that. but. Mm -hmm. Um, if we just start with Piper's experiences and then like me and Oliver can just kind of like bounce off that. But um, <laughs> do you think your experiences with sex and relationships have changed throughout your transition? Um, so I think overall, I think I've been through a journey, um, you know, and I think most trans people often do. I mean, romantic relationships have really shifted in, in their dynamic. Um, something that I don't know if, if that's not spoken about enough is that kind of when you transition, you kind of lose a certain identity. So obviously, before I transitioned, I identified as like a gay man. So obviously losing my um, my gay identity um, was like a struggle, I guess. It was kind of weird. Um, I don't know if any other trans femme feels this way or if it's the other way around. Uh, but yeah, yeah like, finding like relationships are hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I think I've definitely, because I've just been finishing reading um the transgender issue by sean fay and that's something that she's spoken about quite a lot particularly with trans femme people and also like trans masculine people who used to identify as like cis lesbians and stuff like that there is that kind of like i guess like loss of a sense of identity because that like we do form a lot of our identity around kind of our sexual orientation and our gender identity and stuff like that so it can be a bit of a weird thing especially when you're like i think if you're primarily like like a cis gay man or something you kind of like tend to make jokes like lol straight people and then you like come out as trans you're like oh i am straight people now <laughs> so, like, yeah it's totally a weird thing i feel like um like i identify as like a queer trans man and so before i came out it was kind of like liking boys was sort of already expected of me like as a girl and so i totally didn't really i don't know i don't feel like i identified with being straight at all because I kind of knew even before I knew as trans I was like I, that just doesn't feel right like a straight woman like that just was not who I was at all so like I feel like I didn't even really have like a sexuality almost until I came out and was like oh okay I actually understand this now like this makes more sense for me yeah I'm like exactly the same mm -hmm. like I before I kind of got to a point with like my transition and like my body and where I was like comfortable I was like oh I'm asexual I don't <laughs> want anyone to touch me and I'm mm -hmm. like um that's absolutely not the case <laughs> like <laughs> but i didn't even like really think that much about even like being straight or queer or anything like that until mm -hmm. after i came out yeah i feel like i was so concerned about like figuring out my gender identity that like the sexuality part of it for me like wasn't even like kind of as you said wasn't really something i was even thinking about until i was a bit more like comfortable in my identity and like in my body and stuff as well yeah um how do you like identify with your sexual orientation now that you're kind of going through the process of transitioning? 
that's a really complicated question because um, I thought I knew um, back when I was at the beginning of my my transition. I would say pansexual, um, but now I want to sprinkle a bit of um, asexual spectrum kind of in there. Mm-hmm. Not really sure. Still figuring myself out. Um, yeah. So I am currently dating a trans man. So. I wasn't expecting to really come home and, you know, date, but it's happening. Not not sure what's going on. It's early days. Don't want to jinx it. Yeah. But, yeah. Ooh, that's fun, though. Yeah, I still don't really know as well how I would, like, define my gen, mm. like, my sexual orientation. Because at this point, I'm always just, like, queer. I can't be bothered to think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just too much effort. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like, yeah, I, I love the word queer as well for myself just because, like, I feel like over the course of my transition, it's just gotten a lot more fluid and a bit more like, oh, it doesn't really matter anymore. Like, I think I used to, when I first came out, I was really hanging on to that, like, label of, like, being a gay man because it felt like it was something I kind of had always seen myself as and, like, always wanted to be. Like, I wanted that sort of community, I guess. But I don't know. As I've gotten further along, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Like, gender is weird. Sexuality is weird. Like, yeah, like, kind of figuring it out is a hassle. So, like, queer has been a good word for me as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think queer is definitely extended to kind of more than uh, more than just an umbrella term, and it's kind mm-hmm. of just a sign of being us. I think I, I'm not sure how to describe it better. Yeah, that's like I for sure. I'm just that like it's not. I don't know how to describe it other than like what Piper said of it just being like it's just what I am. Like mm-hmm. there's not really any other like good word that exists for how I feel. Yeah, um, totally. And I'm like, I'm not. I just don't tend to get into the kind of like micro category kind of mm. a thing. Like it doesn't matter to me if anyone else does. Like it's really yeah. isn't my business. But for me personally, I'm just like I can't be bothered. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna say I'm queer. Like it's just so much easier for me, like for my brain. Yeah. I feel like also I'm like, I don't know what gender people are. Like if I see someone on the street who I think is hot, I'm like, I don't know what your gender is. Like I don't know how that fits into my sexuality. Like who knows, you know? That's so true, actually. Um this is a good question for both of you as well, and for me, I guess. Um, do you think that people interact with you in a different way, um, like in sexual context, now that you are like identifying as trans? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, back when I was using dating apps especially, I felt like I was either intensely kind of fetishized mm-hmm. to the point where like, I didn't feel human anymore, or on the flip side, I was reassured that someone like them would never, ever want to be with me. And, you know, I was disgusting. And they, they made they made sure like to let me know. And I feel a bit different now. I mean, I've come off the apps and uh, things seem to be healing, but it's kind of a slow process. Mm-hmm. And it's like hard to remind yourself that not everyone is on that kind of fetish and disgust binary. Um, even with the constant discussions and debates about genital preference, I feel like hostility towards trans people is happening in all spheres. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's kind of hard um, to kind of navigate that when you don't know really, it's just like every single reaction or uh, it seems insidious and rooted in something, um, whatever. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It can just be like disappointing as well. Like I can't really compare it to before I was out as trans because I didn't really like have much experience with that then. But yeah, just kind of like going on dating apps and people either being just like horrible or even just people who are like, oh, I'm not into that. You know, it still just feels bad because it's like you're not into just my entire identity. Like it just kind of sucks. Like you get so many, I don't know, messages that kind of just make you sad. Like it just sort of brings you down sometimes. Um, Or on the other hand, you get people who are like 
weirdly like trying like trying to overcompensate and like being overly like at yeah. like trying to be like a total ally which like also can be a really uncomfortable experience rather than just sort of like being talked to in a way that you would just talk to like any normal human being you know it just kind of it doesn't really feel like a regular conversation especially on dating apps yeah like with the thing with like overcompensating that just like reminds me of like i'd have these conversations with like it was typically like older guys on grinder mm. and they would be like oh you're trans that's really cool and i'd be like lol thanks and they would start like telling me what like testosterone and stuff does to my body <laughs> and i was like i know yeah that's weird <laughs> they were like oh yes yeah, so you're gonna start getting like facial hair and i was like i've already got facial hair like what are you talking about <laughs> like i know yeah. what's going on like it's yeah. really strange like yeah grinder is just a nightmare in my in my in my personal experience <laughs> i know it's good for some people but i mean i've got is a it? whole study now <laughs> yeah i've done that every participant was like a hate grinder <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would even, like, try and educate, like, people I would speak to, and it just would tire me even more. Yeah. Like, it didn't seem really worth it. Like, I was constantly trying to justify my existence, and it was just kind of exhausted. Mm-hmm. I mean, their kind of ignorance would offend me, but I knew it really wasn't kind of their fault, because, mm-hmm. not really, anyway, I mean, like, the only trans people they've, like, they've ever seen are, like, who are people that, like, they're engaging in sexual acts on their, you know, and it, but, but we've mm-hmm. only just broken through in media, so I can't really blame yeah. them, but also I am not, like, a mythical creature, I'm, like, a human. Um, yeah. So in that respect, I feel like a lot of my interactions with cis people came really cyclical when I kind of knew what was going to happen before it did <laughs> by the first mm-hmm. message. Yeah. So, yeah. And also, like, with the kind of media thing, like, if they haven't ever met anyone personally who's trans like a lot of their kind of interaction with trans people comes from like really weird stereotypical like depictions in media where it's like Mm -hmm. all trans women are sex workers without ever going into why trans women tend to be sex workers more frequently than like the cisgender population like it does like it just kind of like insinuates that that's just like what trans people do without kind of going into like economic pressures and stuff like that yeah Um, totally or like the whole thing of like cross-dressing murder psychopaths kind of a thing like those two like very common tropes where it's like it's just not indicative of like what actual trans people are like but Mm -hmm. they're like so sensationalist that people kind of like cling onto them i guess like i don't know how to word it yeah no that's totally it it's just the random stereotypes they have in their head that kind of make people interact with us in a way that doesn't treat us as people it just treats us as like yeah these random stereotypes and preconceptions i guess yeah plus also i don't know how much because like trans masculine porn isn't as big as a category mm-hmm. as like porn with trans women and stuff like that but there's also like that kind of piece about kind of their expectations about what trans women should be like in the bedroom and stuff like that which could impact upon like kind of their interpretation of what like trans women should be doing and also kind of what trans women's interpretation of what they should be doing in order to kind of like date someone which just like isn't true like you don't have to like pigeonhole yourself into like these weird stereotypes yeah i felt like i was kind of um forcing myself to play this kind of role of this trans person when i really didn't fit into it um i just don't yeah i mean yeah that's all i have to say (laughs) yeah like what did that role that you were trying to like fit yourself into like look like though well um firstly i established quite a few toxic like habits or behaviors um and i normalized them and i've often found myself making excuses for others and myself um i would often kind of um 
do what they wanted and and even and despite them despite knowing fully full well that I was gonna get nothing in return and only disrespect um but somehow I found myself craving that kind of attention at one point and it got really toxic and unhealthy for me but I have broken myself through that so it's okay over sexualizing yourself is bad don't do it on grinder for you know wouldn't recommend yeah I think it's that whole thing of wanting to sort of fit in and like I don't almost experiencing like people being into you for the first time ever because then I think it's so easy to like convince yourself that like oh all of this attention like oh it's great this is what I want when it actually maybe isn't what you want and like it's not something that you're actually enjoying it just kind of you're putting that pressure on yourself to do it um because I definitely found that like sort of early in my experiences yeah I felt that too where I was like oh my god so many people like want to fuck me on Grinder and like all of this stuff but then I was like all of the messages these people are sending me are, like really icky. Yeah, <laughs> like when, so icky. When they would like just like send you a message being like, "Have you got a penis or a vagina?" Or they're like, "Show me your tits." I'm like, "I don't, I don't have any." <laughs> Cut them off. Like, but it's like weird stuff like that where I would kind of like try and justify it by being like, "Oh, well, I'm actually getting like attention and stuff now because mm-hmm. like before I wasn't really ever seeking it, and I was like kind of a shy, awkward." quote unquote girl i wouldn't mm. ever call myself a girl but yeah. yeah um and then now i'm like a small twinkie little trans boy <laughs> so then i'd obviously get like a bit of attention usually from kind of like low-key gross older men that i would never sleep with um but i'd be like oh but it's okay because i'm getting attention but like no yeah, I feel like a lot of our identity, like especially trans people, kind of reduced to sexual acts. And like I kept reassuring these people like there's more more than like more to me than my body or my ability to perform sexual acts or my ability to be, to be like submissive or dominant, whatever you want. My ability to like please them and like nothing. I just received <laughs> just the same. It's just it just became bad as <laughs> well. I can just put it as that. Yeah. It's just like really because there's no problem with like individual people like being like very sexual and all of that but it's just that kind of like insinuation that an entire minority group are just inherently sexual when there's like an estimate of like 200 to 600,000 trans people in the UK alone and I'm like not every single one of those people are going to be into the same thing have the same like libido or like sex drive and like kind of play out this very like stereotypical kind of fantasy ideal that you have about what having sex with like a trans person is like because i often got people being like oh it's like on my bucket list to like sleep with a trans person oh, God, i was like yeah what? <laughs> oh, i had that i had that yeah like that's one of the weirdest things that i ever got i was like what the fuck does that even mean <laughs> like, i know and i also just was... it's really weird because like not every trans person like a trans guy could have a penis or mm-hmm. you could have vulva or a trans trans woman could be the same yeah. or, like they could have like different body parts depending on like what they're doing in their transition so like it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah. Times. yeah i often didn't get as much attention as other trans women who who had were further in their transition when i was on the apps i was um pre-everything so the, the amount of attention i had to what i had wasn't probably wasn't as much as other trans women um and there was this kind of expectation for me to be like hairless and submissive, and I just felt myself being pushed into that role and just rolling with it. And I would often feel guilty um, if I didn't make a certain effort or I, you know, I didn't perform this thing. And 
it got on my head and it was very unhealthy. Yeah. Have you had any kind of more positive experiences? Because I know like this podcast so far has just been a bit <laughs> negative. <Yeah. laughs> I said like... to Dan, like, don't bring me on unless you want a really negative podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know I certainly have some positive things I could say, but I'm just curious if there's like anything that you have that you think has happened throughout your transition, Piper? Um, there has been some good experiences. Um, I've had some... <laughs> it's just like, I feel like I'm lowering my standards, like or like lowering my expectations, or like it's like bare minimum. Like, they didn't call me a slur. Like, <laughs> that was a good experience. Um, like, I don't know. I've had some good experiences where there weren't any expectations, and... Um, though they didn't they would respect me and you know if I didn't want to you know be touched somewhere they would respect that um and sometimes sex can be like joyous and it can it it could be fun Mm. but you know I don't think grind is the best place to find joyous and liberating sex um so yeah uh, there were some positives yeah for sure I think for me personally one like positive thing from like transition is like it's kind of forced me to soften my edges a little bit because I think before I could have probably been a little bit of a dick and been a little bit prickly and not that like understanding in terms of like sex and relationship things. Um, so I think that's one thing of just like, if you don't violently hate yourself anymore, it's a lot easier to be nicer to people. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I, I guess like, I mean, less so in terms of like relationships with other people and like, you know, sexual experiences or like messages on Grinder, but just like over the course of my transition, like, you know, through feeling better about myself and my body and actually like gaining a little bit of confidence and self-esteem, which like I never really had before. Um, I think that overall just does make your sex life better. Like once you kind of are able to... um I don't know, like discover what you actually want and just like, you know, set some boundaries and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think it like for me, at least like my relationship with sex has probably just gotten healthier as it goes along. Um, I mean, dysphoria and stuff like comes and goes and that yeah, we can talk about that later that, you know, has an impact. But like overall, I think like, I mean, my transition has just made me a happier person overall anyway. So I think that definitely like bleeds into the sort of sex and relationship aspect of things. Yeah, definitely. I think I feel the same. So when it comes to actual like having sex and stuff like that, do you have any kind of like thoughts about how, like if dysphoria comes up during sex for you, are there ways that you kind of navigate that with a partner or ways that you can kind of like deal with that internally? Like, do you have any kind of tips for that? Um, Well, I think it's good to point out that dysphoria is unique um, to every person who experiences it. Um, I felt like a lot of the dysphoria I was experiencing was kind of were like pressured by the people I was on the apps with and talking to. Um, for me, it just really depended on my mood and how I was feeling about my body that particular time. Uh, body hair was like is like a big problem for me. Um, so navigate navigating that when I want to be intimate with someone with someone who's cis, um, particularly is um, you know they're not particularly expecting a part of my body to be hairy um that makes things interesting um so I kind of found myself keeping clothes on and telling them that I won't take a certain piece of clothing off because I don't know I think it was just made me feel better about being perceived yeah I mean I felt like I was hiding myself which not which is not really healthy Mm. during sex when you're you know but sorry you go on 
No, but like it's like still fine to obviously do all of that anyway. Um, it just kind of depends if it's like impacting you negatively to kind of feel that you're hiding that kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for me at least, like my dysphoria really comes and goes. Like there are some times when it's absolutely fine, then other times where like yeah, I might want to keep a certain item of clothing on. I might not be feeling super sexual because of my dysphoria. Um, and I think that's just something that I kind of have to constantly deal with and learn from and kind of figure out ways to to navigate it, I guess. Um, and I think it's not yeah. like, I think it's not as like intense as my dysphoria was like when I was sort of starting my physical transition and things like that. But um, it is just something that like, not all trans people, but like a lot of trans people do just kind of have to live with. Um, so I think, finding ways on our own to like you know appreciate our bodies but also like navigating that with a partner um it can be a challenge but like once you're able to do it and once you kind of find healthy ways to do that um it it makes a big difference in my opinion yeah definitely because like i've had a history of eating disorders as well as dysphoria so there are just like sometimes where my brain is just like i need to wear a fucking t-shirt right now and that's just happening i don't think it's like inherently bad to have to do that like i don't really know what social rule tells us that we have to be completely <laughs> naked every single time like sometimes you're cold <laughs> you don't want to be naked. that's true um it just kind of depends on what you need to do in order to be comfortable during sex and stuff like that because it's like that um famous study that everyone always gets wrong on social media where it's uh about like if you wear socks then you'll have a better orgasm and it's like no, the study's actually just saying that like their feet were cold, so they put socks on, and then they could come. Like that's all it was. <laughs> um, but like, just sometimes you just need to do a little something like that just to feel a bit more comfortable. Because if you're not really comfortable, you're not really going to be as like present in the moment. Probably not going to be able to orgasm if that's something that you're trying to like achieve. Because you'll be like focusing on something else. Yeah, I find like just for it makes it hard to really like be in the moment in sex sometimes. Um, and I feel like I'm quite like a overthinker just anyway. So I feel like that just doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, same. It's awful. <laughs> um, so do you think because you said earlier that you are currently like dating a trans guy? Do you think there's been much difference between like how cis and trans people interact with you in like a romantic or sexual situation? Yeah, so when I want to pursue a trans person, um, it's easier because we understand one another. There's like um, a mutual understanding there. And though there may not be like clarity, the vast majority of trans people I have spoken to like in that way um, have known how to navigate a relationship and with respect and care. Like they have the tools and uh, often don't find that with cis people. And of course, there's like no need for answering invasive questions or like probing. It's just like, a respectful discussion and I'm able to be myself and not be this idea or prototype of a trans person that we talked about earlier um I feel more confident about like unmasking too um with trans people which is another thing yeah that's really interesting because I always find that like there's like a meme that I always see around where it's like talking about gender with cis people versus with trans people where it's <laughs> yeah. like with cis people, it's like using crayons on paper, and then with like <laughs> other trans people, it's like you're like Socrates or something. Like yeah, that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, um, so I always feel like so that true. whenever it comes to kind of like navigating sex and relationship stuff to do with like with other trans people mm-hmm. or with other cis people, or like with cis people and not cis. Um, 
Yeah, no, I definitely, like, it feels like there is that sort of baseline understanding, I guess, with other trans people. Like, even if you don't share exactly the same experiences, like, there is usually less that you have to explain. Um, But also, like, like, I'm in a relationship with a cis guy, and we've been together for, like, over three years now. And so it's, like, you know, at the start, there wasn't that initial understanding. But, like, we're at the point now where it's, like, I think if you can talk to a cis person and have them actually, like, you know empathize and like understand what you're feeling as much as they can without having those same experiences like i think for me the most important thing is like being able to actually like express that and just be like i'm feeling really dysphoric in this way so they're like you know i'm just putting it out there so i think as long as you can talk about it like that's just a really important thing yeah and you need the other person to be like actually understanding and like yeah to kind of react to that like you feeling dysphoric in like an appropriate way (laughs) because I can imagine some cis people being like, what are you literally talking about? Like, just get over it kind of a thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's not that easy. It's mm-hmm. like my internal like state just feels icky. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it to you. Yeah, that's, it is so hard when like people just haven't experienced that. Like, it's definitely like, yeah, it's just a hard people, it's, it's a hard thing for cis people to understand for sure. Um, well, I often looked past things I would normally call out if I wanted to be with someone, which is not mm. something I would do yeah. usually. And if I spoke up, I felt, you know, if I felt uncomfortable with their language choices or whatever, I would speak up. But it was often met with defensiveness. And I'm not a very confrontational person Mm -hmm. at the best of times. So it was just like, do I really have to fight someone? Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, yeah. And sometimes with cis people, like, I just like stick around a bit longer to like see kind of stuff they say. <laughs> like it, I just felt like I knew something was brewing, and they'd say something weird, and it would come, and it would make a good story at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I would share it with my friends, and everyone would be like, "Ugh." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just a collective sigh from all of us trans people. Yeah, yeah. I feel I like mean, we'll never. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I was just going to say, like, with the kind of non-confrontational thing as well, there is also that kind of, like, power imbalance, which makes me feel really uneasy sometimes about, like, calling someone out if they're being, like, transphobic or they've mm-hmm. said something that could be wrong. Like, in an ideal world, I would want to, like, correct people all the time and, like, educate them, but, like, one, that's exhausting to do all the mm-hmm. time. And then, two, it's, like, sometimes, like, they get so defensive that it's, like, scary and you like kind of have to fear for your own safety because of obviously like power dynamics between like cis and trans people yeah it's like all the stuff recently about people saying like oh if i get a trans person's um pronouns wrong then like i don't know it's almost like cis people think it, it well it's just it's turfs it's just turfs i think that that like then puts them in like a dangerous situation when it's like almost every trans person i know is going to be the one who feels scared in that situation if someone like gets their pronouns wrong like i was always so bad at correcting people when i first came out because i was just like it was it's such a terrifying thing and so it's like the idea that like a trans person is going to get really mad and like i don't know like go at you because you got their pronouns wrong like that just isn't really realistic like yeah it's just frustrating to hear that stuff yeah like i was the exact same like when i first came out and stuff if someone misgendered me i'd either be silent or my friend would correct them Mm -hmm. because she had a lot more balls with that kind of a thing yeah, than I did. Yeah. And obviously um, trans people are always in their every right to correct people. Um, but like, mm-hmm. because you said of the, you know, the power imbalances, like it is a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. It's like, I want to all the time, but then I'm like, is it really worth my energy? Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to like random people on like dating apps or like Twitter or something. I'm just like, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> Which sounds awful, but like, it's just, it's not on me personally mm-hmm. all the time to be the educator. 
you know like it's not on trans yeah. people to kind of educate everyone on like stuff on like basic empathy and awareness of other people's like situations yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that i feel like most people would be okay with being corrected but mm. it's just you know you think often think the worst of cis people um so you kind of uh shy away but i think it's just about kind of holding your ground and kind of because i think when you bec- when you get more comfortable in yourself you're able to you know confront people more mm. you know i did it in a in a call the other day and i felt very proud of myself yeah um gave myself a little pat on the back um because it's hard and there was somebody who corrected someone else for me which was unexpected mm. but also very very appreciated um but you get there it's just hard at the beginning mm-hmm. to kind of reassert your truth uh yeah. because i think you expect I think the standards are quite low. The expectations <laughs> are quite low, uh, and that's that's pretty valid. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was just just gonna say like that is such a hard part about. I mean, I guess on dating apps or just like meeting a cis person out in a bar or anything like that. Like we do kind of just assume the worst, or at the least like assume that they're gonna be ignorant, just because many of us have those experiences where people say something that's you know, completely ignorant or offensive or just like everyone has a story like that. So it, it's such a shame that like most of us do kind of have to, I don't know, have our guard up a little bit and like expect something negative. Um, it just, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. I think I'd be quite interested to kind of go through some of like our worst and kind of best or like funniest <laughs> like uh, interactions like on dating apps or in person or whatever as a trans person. So, does anyone have any fun stories? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best ones. <laughs> yeah, there's there's too many for me to count. I'll have to um, take a, take a a pick, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, but you go. You yeah. go. <laughs> just a quick one that just always makes me laugh is a guy. This was years ago. Um, on Grinder said you're trans, and I said yeah. And he said, congrats. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> there's nothing else after that. I was like, okay, that's the like most. I don't know. <laughs> it was just so weird because I was like, I just didn't really know how I felt about it. I was like, congrats. Like, how do I respond to that? <laughs> but it was hilarious. Get, yeah, I liked when I got random. It was usually like older people for some reason. They'd always be like, are you trans? I'd say, yeah. And they'd be like, thank you for being on this app. They'd be like really pleasant. Oh, like, that's nice. That's a lovely yeah, I got a couple of those as well. That was quite nice. Yeah, yeah that was like, oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> That's sweet. Again, our, our standards, our expectations are so low. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, this person doesn't immediately hate our entire you know, being. I'm like, oh, we, this we, random we are entitled. Said. We are entitled to this space as well, and then we <laughs> we often feel like imposters on on our, on these apps. Yeah, and it's just nice to for like someone to kind of reaffirm our our place really and say that we belong. Mm-hmm, That's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's nice, but it also shouldn't be like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I just found a screenshot um from July uh yeah i'm giving you a date and time here um so i've got like a like a small conversation um this guy uh presuming i was gonna meet um said cool can you be shaved smooth for me this expectation of it like people expecting my body to be a certain way well and i said that's a lot of effort yeah, Where? I was gonna say that would take so much time. So it takes me so long. Like I have to get the V Tau, it's crazy. Um and he replied, face, obviously, okay, and legs and like my ass. And I said, Are you gonna shave? <laughs> because I just felt a bit naughty that day, just for a bit bit you know. I was probably like it was probably the third person I'd spoken to that day and I was feeling, you know, annoyed. 
and he said, why should I shave? And I said, well, why do I have to? And I think he might have blocked me after that. Because <laughs> there isn't any further messages. Yeah. That's, like, so true, though, because, like, goes back to those expectations where, like, often, usually trans women just have to do the absolute most, mm-hmm. and then they have these, like, crusty-ass guys and grown <laughs> like, no, I'm not even going to, like, wipe my ass kind of a thing. Oh, my I'm God. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, this guy um, called Ben, let's call him, uh, he said, so you're tr- male trans to female. I was like, okay, MTF. Yes, if that's what you want to call it. I don't particularly use that term, but if that helps you wrap your head around my transition, sure. Um, he said, I, oh, that's what I want. I want to try dirty new shit. Oh, no. And I said, do you think, no. do you think I'm dirty? I haven't got any further screenshots. Oh, wait. Oh, I don't know if that's the same guy. I've got a screenshot from him, I presume, saying, for some reason, transgender voices turn me on. That's the weirdest thing I've ever received. (laughs) What's a transgender voice? So make of that what you will. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. There's lots of different voices. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what that means. I was like, okay. compliment. um, Yeah. I found a message here that said, um, met a few trans before, so no dramas there, LOL. (laughs) <laughs> and I think I just didn't respond because I was like, I am not unpacking what you just said to me. No, <laughs> Met gosh, a few trans no. before. God. Just the grammar, <laughs> like, it's just not it. It's like someone going, I met a few gay before. Like, I know. It's just, yeah. Um, but like going back to like what Piper said about kind of being dirty, like that just like is a really weird like insight into how trans people are viewed as taboo mm-hmm. and stuff like that and like how how trans people are kind of seen in a way as like a kink because you know how like most kinks are kind of things where it's seen as like quote-unquote taboo and like that's kind of what makes them like fun um and like because of trans people's like position in society we're kind of viewed as like undesirable and like you shouldn't want to have sex with us so it's like oh it's so naughty to like want to fuck a trans person yeah it really is just so dehumanizing it's really weird Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, after I had sex with this guy in this hotel, he said, oh, I've always wanted to do that. Or, like, it was off, it was something off the bucket list, like, as we, as we said earlier. And it was Ugh. just like, right, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, like, something you don't say to someone. Hmm. Like, I've always wanted to do that, I think he said. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Just, just smiled at him. I was like, I'm going. <laughs> That's so weird to say to someone. Yeah, it is totally, like, like what they would say about a kink. Like oh, we tried bondage for the first time. That I've always wanted to do that, like something like that. But it's like, you don't say that about just a person, like it's checking people identity. off your bucket list. It's just so bad. Yeah, literally. I'm like scrolling through my pictures to see if I have any <laughs> I'm finding so many classics. I think you should, you should do a bonus episode while you just read through my grinder messages. Uh, actually, that'd be great. <laughs> it, should be, it should be a Patreon exclusive. Yeah. Oh, we should start a Patreon and just do the Piper's section. It's just you going through... It's people thing. telling me I pass and other people telling me I don't pass. And it's just like, why do you feel the need to like tell me that? Weird. Yeah. I would get a lot of people who just obviously had not read my profile and so did not know that I was trans. And so I would get questions like, oh, are you cut or uncut? And I was kind of like, that is just not relevant to me whatsoever. Oh, God. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, please, please just read my bio. This makes it so difficult. Like, do I have to put, like, trans in all caps in my name for you to actually understand this? Like, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, I just found one just like that, where someone was like, hi there, cutie. I went, hi. He went, really want your warm, welcoming cock inside me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not to disappoint you, but I don't have one, so uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just got one here saying, hiya, I live a straight life, and nobody knows my little secret. Uh, um, ha- uh, you, what? 
you, however, what really tickles my fancy is you, my dear. You tick quite a few boxes. It's like, go away. That's so weird. <laughs> oh, God. oh, no, not that. Okay. I found someone being like, hey, mate, you on the pill. And I'm like, no, I don't. I was like, I don't. I'm not. I don't have any reason to be. And I also just like didn't want to. Yeah. What um, a conversation opener as well. Like, why? <laughs> I know. And then he went, ah, cool. You fertile. And I'm probably oh, not. Wow. I was like, I'm on testosterone. So, like, I could get pregnant. I just wouldn't be that likely. Um, he went, ah, shame, dude. And he was basically saying about, like, how he wanted to get me pregnant. Oh, I was like, God. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> That's like, horrible. Who are you? It's yeah. so weird. Oh god. We just have to laugh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we, we really do have to laugh. Uh, yeah, it's like people assuming what kind of sex you want to have as well. Like just oh god, yeah, like always assuming that trans guys like want to bottom or like I don't know. It's just oh, like yeah. it's just frustrating. Like people just it's assume like, so much about us and it just makes no sense. Yeah, I know. It's like yeah, I am actually technically a bottom, but like <laughs> technically. Don't just assume that about me. Like, it could be something else. <laughs> they clocked you. <laughs> like, stop clocking me. <laughs> um, something I do I do love um, is that they're kind of like, they don't know how ignorant they are. So this guy messaged me, and the picture on his profile was of um, Ace Ventura. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know about Ace Ventura, it was an extremely transphobic scene at the end where Ace vomits because he kissed a trans person. Oh, God. Or a potential trans person. And I told him about it, and he didn't seem phased. It was just like, why would you have this photo of Ace Ventura and then look for a trans person? I mean, I feel like a lot of trans people know that film has a transphobic scene or several of several trans misogynistic scenes. So it's just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really weird. Just another another tidbit for you. Yeah, just a weird profile picture in general as well. It's like, why would you have that? <laughs> also, obsession with my underwear. Not sure why that that was so a, such a thing. Like, I thought like this panty obsession was only what boys had during puberty, but obviously it carries <laughs> on. Um, but maybe that's just because I'm, I'm not into it. I don't know. I've never gotten that. I don't know if that's more it's of very a... very what are you wearing kind of thing. I'm oh. just like, oh, come on. That's like classic like, why would you use me that on me just like i'm in my pajamas leave me alone <laughs> yeah literally i'm in my trackies <laughs> yeah like i'm wearing like a t-shirt that's like pasta stains down it like what do you want from me <laughs> literally <laughs> i think i sent a photo of me in a face mask once right. saying like oh but you look fit right now it's just me in a face mask <laughs> looking really rancid <laughs> it's again this expectation that i have to be beautiful and smooth and shaved and all the time to in, in order for my my identity to be to be valid for them and for me to be desired you know why can't i be desirable if i've got messy hair or i haven't shaved in two days like like it's just like really irritating it's also just like so exhausting though oh, mm. yes like i don't like i don't give a fuck about like my body hair and stuff anymore but like to have to just be like constantly worried about like if i'm shaving enough for someone like piss off like i feel like we're just held to such a higher standard than anyone else like which and i, I feel like i really internalized it or like i used to really internalize it of like like i have to be so hot because otherwise no one would possibly ever want to sleep mm. with a trans guy unless he's really 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 hot and it's just like why can't we just be like average like come on especially because you get the most average people having these really high expectations yeah for you. And i'm like you're not holding yourself up to these expectations either so yeah, why totally. should i have to mm -hmm. yeah i got this i just saw this screenshot 
This guy on Tinder messaged me saying, please teach my girlfriend how to do eyeliner, please. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I thought, okay, that's quite nice. But also, why are you on here if you have a girlfriend? I mess if you're poly, whatever. Um, and then he replied like a bit later saying, jawline stronger than Dwayne. I think that's about me. Why would you say that? Yeah. I've got a lot of stuff about my jawline. It's not that masculine, but I digress. It's not... I would not, like, I've literally seen so many pictures of you and I would never, like, think that. That's so fucking random. Why do people even have, like, uh, like, what is it that makes people want to message these things to, like, practically strangers? Like, I just truly do not understand. No, it's so weird. Like, I think it's just because, like, on Grindr particularly, there's just, like, no boundaries. And it's Mm. really weird. Because obviously, you know how, like, anyone can message anyone. And it's, if you try and, like, say to someone on the a dating app like that, you're like, yo, you shouldn't say something like that. They're always just there, like, but it's grinder. I'm allowed to say this. It's like, you can still have some empathy no. and respect, you yeah. know, just because it's grinder. You're not exempt from it. Literally. Like, yeah. So, like, how could a cis person be more respectful in terms of, like, sex and relationships with a trans person? Uh, establish boundaries would be my biggest thing. Uh, be open and respectful try and not get defensive about things like if they if you're called out those are the main things i'd say yeah i think now like getting defensive if someone calls you out on something is like such a big thing because it's like if you truly like just didn't know something and someone calls you out like that's an opportunity for learning like that isn't something necessarily about you like uh, yeah it, if people react in a positive way if they're called out i think that's such a I'm almost like a green flag of like, oh, this person is actually like willing to learn about things, which is quite helpful. Yeah, literally, because there's no shame in not knowing mm. something because no one knows everything about everything. That's just yeah. unrealistic. Like, yeah. um, I, I was just going to say as well, like, there's no shame in not knowing things, but also like, if you as a cis person, like, know that you don't really know much about trans stuff, um, you know, maybe doing a quick Google and finding a, you know, like a, credible source to read up a little bit before you go like messaging a trans person on grinder mm. or tinder or something like that um just because having a little bit of background info does actually kind of help um and it you know i, I guess reduces the need for the, all those weird awkward situations where trans people have to correct you like doing your own research is actually quite helpful for us too <laughs> yeah and also just like having some basic understanding of like trans issues and like mm. how to kind of interact with us in like a respectful way yeah exactly it's yeah. just like it's such a big green flag like mm-hmm. i don't want to have to like feel like i'm just being someone's weird experiment just because they don't really know anything about us and mm-hmm. they've got like weird expectations and stuff yeah i often felt like someone's first and i think what i'm seeking now is i don't want to be like someone's first or like be someone's kind of like tea like teacher like, i don't want to be like yeah. a lecturer for anyone i want people to have, be equipped with all the knowledge but i still find myself i mean a bit of a bit of education wouldn't go amiss um but i just i got in a rut of just constantly having to educate people and i i, I don't think that's fair yeah because cis yeah. people don't have to do it with other cis people so why should i have to constantly dedicate my whole entire like romantic or sexual relationship like educating someone about how my body how i feel mm. and yeah especially because with so many good resources online on youtube on google just anywhere it's not really on trans people individually to be trans 101 for someone yeah if it's so like it's so easily accessible 
So I just think like if you're interested in a trans person, you're seeking a relationship or something like that, just read up about it and also like check with the person that like what you're learning is correct for them as well because like there could be some assumptions about like what trans people do in their transition or something like that 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 person isn't interested in doing at all or something like that or like some terminology that resources might use but they don't really personally like so i think it's a good idea to also check in with that person that you're using the correct language for them because i think that also shows like a level of like respect as well yeah absolutely like every trans person is different and they're gonna have different feelings about sex and about their body and like words to use and everything like that so like i guess if you're if you're interested in a trans person like take the time to actually like think about i guess think about why you're into them is it their personality and like them as a human being or are you seeing them as like your sort of trans stereotype because that is that's a red flag for sure. Yeah, it's like, are you seeing them as like something to cross off on your bucket list, mm, basically? Yeah. Like, I definitely started um, having my own uh, mental grinder bingo um, in my <laughs> head when I was speaking to a cis person. Like, oh, they said this, tick. They said this, tick. <laughs> it's just like red flag after red flag. Mm-hmm. So make sure there's some green flags there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or if there are some red flags, like, it's okay to talk about them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but also like for trans people, if someone has a bunch of red flags, don't kind of put it on yourself to be the educator if you really don't feel like you should be or you don't feel safe enough to do that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not on you to be the educator all of the time. Yeah, totally. If you find yourself like making excuses or lowering your standards or expectations mm-hmm. for someone, you're not practicing any form of self-love or worth. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had to learn that kind of the hard way. And that that's why I'm on this journey of healing and processing a lot of trauma and stuff, um, bad behaviors and stuff like that I used to exhibit. So that's my main thing. Yeah, yeah. I do not lower those standards. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm very happy to hear that you're changing some of those bad behaviors that you don't particularly like that you were doing feel yeah. happy and healthy mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhat <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's still we're all still on that journey again work in yeah. progress yeah <laughs> Uh, so that's the end of our episode about sex and transition. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, as always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at genderfckpod. Um, and thank you so much to Piper, our special guest. It was really, really great having you here. Uh, is there anything you'd like to promote? Hi, yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at birdgirl. And girl is spelled G-U-R-R-H-L. Weird, I know. <laughs> and um, I'm currently... Um, producing a podcast that will be out soon i keep pushing the date back because i'm rubbish um and i'm currently editing a novel also very exciting so i'm i'm a i i tweet very unprofessionally but uh it's where i do most of my networking so it'd be nice you know to have more friends so yeah thank you for having me yeah thanks so much for being here yeah so thanks everyone for listening um we'll see you again in a couple weeks